America, my name is Aimee Frimpong. I come to you usually live, but you're watching this as a pre-taped. Hopefully, as you're watching this, I'm off. Uh, I'm taking my vacation with my kids. I love my kids, so I'm doing that. But this will still be good because this is about the failure of black internet media that uh, is slick. So a lot of people cap on my, uh, have a problem with my production values because, you know, sometimes uh, they don't like the the sheep behind me uh they make jokes about uh the quality of my sound which you know production production values is what it is it could be better but i try to give a quality of wisdom that you don't get everywhere so you won't squander your life and they think well if you just slick it up and put on a suit and do all of this stuff i mean you, you will do great and i'm just not convinced that's true because and i actually think that it might confuse i think content matters and you need to retrain your audience to look for content and look past my um, slightly disheveled veneer to, to see the quality and wisdom of my mean. And so there are a few black facing news outlets who have like had pretty slick production values. There was Oxymedia, there was uh, BNC, Black News Channel, and now there is The Griot. Byron Allen um, like is putting some money behind the Griot's media presence on YouTube. And you know what? Nobody watches it. Their views are like as they're like my views. And I'm just a dude sitting in his bonus room, like speaking into a microphone when I feel like it. Right. So they're spending a lot of money and hiring talent. Ebony Williams and um, uh, Mark Lamont Hill. I, you know, I, I funny I, I i like mark lamont i think he's a decent guy I, he's he's I, I i think he's fine mark lamont hill is fine evan evan k williams you know i think she's fine for who she is um i did a video about who i thought who i think she is over there but um i think mark lamont hill I, there there's room in the world um for for for, for like he's i don't think he's a problem um anyway so but all of the nobody watches their show because the show has bad content and the show when i say the show has bad content i say the content is irrelevant to black life and is mostly confusing right so it's it's this black democratic bougie content about black democratic bougie issues where they don't admit that black people are poor and struggling um and that the bougie percentage is only a percentage and they probably think that well you know black people watch um rich black people on um, fantasy shows like power and stuff like that I, you know I, I i i think i've seen an episode of power but uh, or queen sugar i haven't never seen queen sugar but they probably assume that since black bougie people are and that that one with uh terrence what's his name um where he was like a rich <laughs> rich black guy they probably think that since black people watch black people who are wealthy in fictional shows that you have to be super like uh high production and fancy and seem wealthy when you do your news show and do it about issues that the very small percentage of black people who actually stably have money care about <laughs> um and that's how you'll get 
views, but it turns out black people don't want to view that. Black people don't want to view that. They don't click on that because that's not their life. That's not helping them uh, figure out their life. And there's probably the same problem with the black church. Right? The, the black church isn't as big as it could be because it's irrelevant to black life. It could be enormous. Like, it could be much more powerful than it is. It's bleeding men because it's, it's just irrelevant to black life in a powerful way, in an important way. And if it actually changed its content, black people would be flooding back to or to the church. They would see it as a, part, a very important part of their personal and family development. But now it's, it's just a confusing mishmash of bad theology um, that doesn't speak to their condition, right? So that is the problem with an outlet like the Griot right now. It's Byron Allen put it in. It's just a bunch of democratic apologists. And we're not really speaking to the reality of the black condition. For example, if I were running the Griot, I would have a retrospective of how Selma is viewed through popular culture and how actually Selma is right now. Because right now, Selma's a horrible place to live. You don't want to live in Selma. You don't want to live in Selma. Selma's a horrible place for black people. It was a horrible place for black people. It, it was horrible in a different way, you know, 70 years ago. But it is a horrible place for black people now. Things don't work. <laughs> deferred maintenance has, there's another 20 years of deferred maintenance. I've got everybody in a job, like hammering stuff and rebuilding stuff. It'd still be 20 years of deferred maintenance to, to rebuild Selma. But we don't talk about that because we have to talk about Selma was somehow delivered and redeemed through the civil rights movement. But it turns out that, um, that Selma is uh, still a horrible place to live. It's just horrible in a different way. Like we empowered, politically empowered black people and then there was a capital flight movement. I'll put an article about this in the description of the video. Um, and you can just click on the article because it'll just tell you what I'm telling. So, and then capital flight means that there's, there's no money to maintain or, or pay taxes, the tax base left, the jobs left, and there's no money to maintain anything. So Selma's just a horrible place to live post-civil rights movement. But the story we tell, each, we tell ourselves about Selma and the story that goes with Selma every year when people t make that pilgrimage to Selma to do the walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge is that Selma was somehow delivered through the civil rights movement. I think a fascinating story would be the failures of the civil rights movement for uh, the specific targeted population in Selma. But in order to do that, you'd have to admit that black people are broke, and that's what these democratic um, uh, hacks don't want to do. And that's what these kind of fancy news black news organizations don't want to do. They don't have to, they don't want to admit that black people are broke. They don't want to admit that black families are a problem. And this is especially interesting, and I'll go in a little bit, because Ebony K. Williams talked about having to do IVF because, or thinking about doing IVF because she can't uh, find a man who's at her level who will marry and impregnate her. And Mark Lamont Hill has two baby mamas. He's not married. So if the black family was doing very well, like the two black anchors would be happily married because they're both like, I think Ebony K. Williams is 39 or 40 and Mark, Mark Lamont's about my age, 45, 46. And um, if black people were thriving, they would both be married to their married and have, well, Mark Lamont would be married to the mother of his children. Instead, he's got two baby mamas, no ring. And uh, Ebony K would um, be married to the father of her children, right? But 
they're not because we aren't doing that well. And that's got nothing to do with Mark Lamont and Ebony Kane, everything to do with the, the black situation and the attack of on um, black institutions, including the black family. Right? So we could talk about that, and that would be a fascinating story about how the non-black Ebony Kay and the non-black Mark Lamont are all married um, with their families, but Mark Lamont and Ebony Kay Williams are not, and what that means. And you could say, like, what does family have to do with community? Well, look, community is just networked families, families that work together as families, keeping their family intact and, and sustaining their family, but then also, in addition to that, uphold a bigger unit that is um, not family relations, and that's a community. You can't uplift a community and have families be jacked. Like, if you have jacked up families in the community, the community's not going anywhere. So you uplift a community by strengthening the families who then use their family power to uplift the community. Um, and so, like, you know, families need land and, and, and jobs and, 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 and income and, like, disposable income, and that way they, the families can pay tithes to the church and, like, everybody can have a share in the community. Can't, but this notion that you can uplift a community without uh, fixing jacked, like, the families is a problem. And if you want to destroy a community, you destroy their ability to have functional families, which, you know, the whites have pretty much done pretty well um, to black people, first through Jim Crow and terrorizing and the terrorism. But then in the wake of that terrorism, a quality of liberalism that um, doesn't respect the family and with no cultural pushback to uh, fight that. And, you know, I might do another ish, I might do another show on that. But this, these are interesting stories uh, that you could do on the griot that would probably drive more clicks with slicker production value and all that stuff, but would actually be relevant to black life. But instead, they have bougie black stories and... You know, the five bourgeois blacks that exist in America are too busy to click on their links. By the way, if you appreciate what I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademy.com and kick in five, fifteen, and fifty dollars a month, and I'll keep doing what I'm doing, giving you the quality of wisdom that you might not, you're definitely not going to get on Ozzy, uh, BNC, or because both those outlets are gone, or this newest one, Grio. Uh, Griot might last because it, it, even though it loses ill hemorrhage money, um, Byron Allen's rich enough that he could use it as a tax write-off and it makes Democrats happy. But nobody's watching it because it's irrelevant. The most, I think one of the most viewed segments they have is with Yvette Carnell talking about reparations because reparations is relevant and Yvette Carnell is wonderful. And so she's actually making the case for reparations and black people clicked on that because they want to see Yvette talk about reparations and make the case. That's the quality, because that's relevant to black life, right? And not just, like, the slim number of bougie black life, but, like, to, like, broken black people, broken, broken black people who are thinking, why should we have reparations? And we should have reparations. They'll click on that, right? And, um, and why are black families jacked up? If you do a whole, like, I still think there needs to be the perfect book about the, the black family as a target from family separation in slavery to family terrorism in, um, in Jim Crow. You know, they killed Medgar Evers, screwed up his family, and tried to break up King's family. Um, so many, many varieties of terrorism. Plus, you find out all of these through debt peonage. You see all these horrible stories, especially in Trouble in Mind by Leon Litwack, about how um, you know, black kids had to leave work to go work on the fields while their white counterparts in a different school were staying 
um, and how that was just kind of a common thing that was racialized because of uh, debt peonage. I did another video on debt peonage. You can go and watch that if you want to see that. Oh, you can read Leon Leon Litwack's book, Trouble in Mind, which is a wonderful book, and you should do that. And you'll just see that there was just a steady attack on black functional families. Right up until, you know, Negro women were forced to work during World War One. I. I say Negro women because that's the, the, um, the term of art that was in the news article. In Greenville, South Carolina, black women were, first, uh, were forced to work where, so that white women could have clean houses because black women had uh, their husbands were fighting in World War, so they would get the pension and... With that pension, they didn't have to work for white families, and so they would quit and watch their own kids and be good parents then. But then the white women like, would freak out having to cook and do their own laundry, so they had a city ordinance that forced black women to work, even if they didn't have to for the money. Right? But then who's watching their kids? At in every point, who's watching the black kids? At every point in America, black families have been overdetermined by um, the needs and the anxieties of the whites. And yeah, and that and we haven't gotten around that. It's been liberalized. So the, the newest thing is is, is um, just telling black women that they don't need that kids don't need fathers and black women don't need black men. As fathers, they they can black men are only supposed to be economic providers and protectors, and if they can't do that, then they're useless. But it turns out that besides providing economic um, resources, it's good to have a father who's like committed to the kid in a way that um, that we don't talk about in a way that we should. But these would be interesting stories that black-facing media could talk about with their slick production values, but instead they talk about trash because they don't want to admit that black people are broke and struggle with issues of people who are broke. Or insofar as there's a little bit of money, it's fluid and uneven, right? So... The struggle with black people is that you might have money, but like half your family doesn't. That's not a white problem. Or if the white, white people who are broke are degenerates. Black people are broke are just black, right? So, um, I mean, yeah, so that's, that's an issue of what it means to be black with a little bit of money and having half your family be kind of desperate. You think Jay-Z takes all of his calls? From all of his cousins? No, man. <laughs> no. LeBron got out of this by taking all people with him. Um, and that's a whole different story, but that would be interesting. So thank you for your time. I gave you a recipe. If you see this, Mark Lamont, or you see this, Ebony K, or you see this, Byron Allen, or some producer at the show, take a chance and deal with the fact that black people are broke or surrounded by broke black people. You don't even have to admit that black people are broke. You could just admit that black people, if they're living in a black community, are surrounded by other broke black people and what that means. Because if everyone around you is broke, you can't leave your house. <laughs> you can't answer your phone. There's a reason, uh, yeah, I wonder, I would be fascinated to have a conversation with Shalom and the God about like what happens when he goes back to South Carolina to his to his place can he <laughs> how many times does he get hit up um and if he ever does go back because he doesn't want to get hit up what that means all right thank you for your time i will talk to you 
at another time. And if you appreciate what I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com. Kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars. I'm giving you a month. I'm giving you a quality of wisdom and insight that you're not gonna get uh, by people who are pretending that black people aren't either broke themselves or surrounded by a really kind of degradating poverty. Peace.